0: Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello, it's me again, and the podcast today I've titled Gateways That Go Nowhere. Now I know I'm beating a drum that I beat regularly, and that drum is about the irresponsible interpretation of scripture when people just take scripture fast and loose, and when they impose their own theology or imaginations or fanciful thoughts or doctrinal theories or whatever, impose those onto the Bible. And those are truly gateways that go nowhere. Now, you might know, I've I've probably mentioned this before, that when something interesting or troubling or particularly enlightening or very important comes my way, I like to write, an article about it, and I like to do a podcast based on that article. So, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, someone sent me a little booklet entitled Gateways of the Threefold Nature of Man. And I don't want to major on that particular little booklet, because it's of of no real value as far as I'm concerned, but using it just as an example of this irresponsible use of Scripture. see, a quick scan of this little booklet revealed that the author had built a fanciful spiritual teaching based largely on just two texts from the book of Revelation. And here they are. Revelation 3 verse 20, which reads, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Now, this verse is a part of a letter that the Lord Jesus Christ actually dictates to John, the Revelator, are to send particularly concerning the church of Laodicea. But the author of this Gateway's book list claims that Jesus Christ himself came and visited him, the author, and discussed this particular verse with him and revealed that he, that is Jesus, was actually referring to the door to a believer's spirit. Hmm. Okay, so first huge big red flag here is when somebody claims that the Lord Jesus Christ has appeared to him so vividly and in such intimate circumstance that they're having this conversation and this revelation takes place that is not contained anywhere else in the Bible. And suddenly hears this Jesus saying, actually, you know what, let me tell you what that really means. I'm really referring there to the door to a believer's spirit. Not to the door to a church, let alone to the church of Laodicea. Now, this leaves us with only three options when we come across something like this. Either the person who's claiming this experience is deluded, maybe mildly, maybe benignly, maybe almost insanely, but deluded, or the person is a charlatan, in other words, they're just inventing this thing to try and justify them saying what they want to say, give some kind of authenticity and authority to it. Or the third option is, hey, it needs to be taken seriously. Well, you see, can the Holy Spirit create these kind of interactions with Jesus for us in our day? I have no doubt that he can. And I know that he wants to communicate with us. And I know that communication takes many forms. So if if it's within the parameters of Scripture, then I'm not going to just poo-poo it. But I have to make a judgment. And so how do I make that judgment? How do you make that judgment? Surely we have to test it against the Bible and the Jesus of the Bible. So does what this Jesus who appears to this man, does he reveal what is consistent with what he said in other parts of the Bible? Is it consistent with his letters to the churches in Revelation? Is it consistent within the context of the book of Revelation? Is it consistent with the kind of things that he said and taught and the way he did that while he was on earth? Is it consistent with his nature and character? In this case, the answer has got to be quite a resounding no. So, I mustn't take this seriously and... It's just another example of delusion or twisting of Scripture. Now, the second key verse that the author uses is where Jesus writes to the Ephesian church, also part of chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. And in chapter 2, verse 4, he writes, You have forsaken your first love. Then the author identifies this as meaning the gateway of first love, the gateway of first love. And where does it lead to? That gateway opens and leads to the very tree of life itself, and where is that? It's not in Eden anymore. It's located right in the center of the human spirit. Good grief. Now, if you can't quite understand this or follow the logic behind this, then, then don't worry, you're not alone, because I don't get it either. Frankly, how can a responsible reader of Scripture extract this sort of thing from the texts that I've just mentioned? Well, let's put aside the very, very negative, the man's a charlatan, let's put aside for a moment the the almost equally negative, the man is, you know, really seriously deluded, then I think it maybe it's because of a flawed understanding of what biblical inspiration really is. You see, I've come across this many, many, many times in the last 40 years. They, folk like this, believe that the Bible is a kind of holy magic book, where the texts contain mystical information which is quite unrelated to the intended meaning of the passage. They taught that from an early age. They read books by their own theologians and teachers who support this kind of idea, and they've grown up with it. They, they blindly accept it. And this is their understanding of the Bible. The Bible is a magic book. The texts have meaning in them which have got nothing to do whatsoever with the context or the actual intended meaning, let alone what the first readers or hearers of that scripture actually understood it to mean. Now, I see this as a form of totally irresponsible allegorization. And I've addressed this in my book, Truth is the Word, which you know you can get access to through Amazon Kindle or you can get onto my website, truthistheword.com. It's a way of interpreting the Bible where any text can mean anything the reader fancies it to mean. So what then do these two verses from the book of Revelation actually mean, reasonably mean? Well, Revelation 3 verses 14 to 22 is Jesus reprimanding the church of Laodicea for by being lukewarm and being worldly. And then after he's really been quite negative about them and reprimanding them sternly, he essentially says that despite this pathetic spiritual condition which they're displaying, he still yet offers to come into that church, that, that lukewarm church, to commune with them if anyone is prepared to open the door to his presence. You know, behold, I stand at the door of your church, Laodicea, and I'm knocking, I want to come in, I'm prepared to come in and commune with him. But somebody needs to just open it. If anybody is there that would welcome my present, I'll still come into this place, which is, which is so faulty. I'll still do it. Oh, and, and P.S. Revelation 3:20 is not a text to be used as part of an altar call for individuals to respond to Jesus. Jesus is standing at the door of your heart right now, my brother. He is knocking to let you just let him in, the the handle is only on your side of the door, it's not on his side of the door, you could open the door and let him in, etc. Well, that's also irresponsible allegorization. Because that's not the intended meaning of that text. It's not within context of the book or the letters or the biblical revelation. Revelation chapter 2 verse 4, the other text, is where Jesus commends another church for its healthy condition. You know, he praises them, he says, you know, you're doing so, so well. But then he writes that he has just one thing against them, and that thing is that they have forsaken their first love. Now, the biblical text doesn't explain what he actually means by that statement. But in the context of the letter, within the context of the whole of the book of Revelation, it's far more likely to mean that they had lost the love they used to have for him when they first believed. There's not even an inkling that this is actually a pseudonym, first love, for a gate into the human soul and that if you pass through that gate you're going to find the source of life itself, the tree of life. Okay. What are my two main takeaway points from this experience with this strange little booklet? With my exposure to faulty interpretation. Well, firstly... You know, we get into a terrible doctrinal mess when we play fast and loose with interpreting the Bible. The foundational elements for f- sound biblical understanding are, remain, and always have been, in my opinion, in many events: context, Christocentricity, and exhaustive reference. Context. What does it mean within the context of the passage, the book, the Bible? The culture, the history, the linguistics of that text. Christocentricity. What does the life and teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, what light does that shed on it? Did he do and say something which has a bearing on this? Did he reveal something of the nature and character and purposes of the triune Godhead that has a bearing on this? And the third one is exhaustive reference. What does the rest of the Bible say about this topic? Does it confirm or does it deny what I've been thinking about it? Second takeaway that I have is we should be sceptical and critical of any theory or system or understanding of a biblical verse which is based on flawed interpretation. At best, it will be an expression of an individual's own philosophy or imagination. It will be the projecting onto the Bible. That's called eisegesis, by the way, instead of exegesis. Projecting onto the Bible that which the author wishes it said, but it doesn't. Our understanding must start with responsible, in context, Christocentric, exhaustive interpretation of the Scripture. By the way, bear in mind that it's one thing to believe that the bible is inspired and it's quite another thing to agree on how we should interpret it responsibly most christians will say yeah they believe the bible is inspired yet we'll still kind of take some kind of really off the wall way of interpreting it we need to believe that the bible is inspired that is it is the holy scripture but we also need to know how to interpret it responsibly. Till next time, God be with you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth Is The Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pebler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, Truth Talks.